Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Rick West. Rick, are you ready to do this? And we are ready to do this. I'm excited. We are ready to do this. Rick is the CEO and co-founder of Field Agent. They are an on-demand tech company built for winning and retail, retail, connecting brands to shoppers, enabling brands to capture in-store information, gain insight, and drive product trials on demand. Rick, I'm excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, so I, I start out by telling people, uh, in very few times when your podcasters, you know, are listening to this, uh, um, I am a cross between hillbilly elegy and Friday Night Lights. <laughs> so I'm not sure how many uh, people from Appalachia you have on your call. Probably not many. How many people that can say that they grew up a hillbilly and I holler in Kentucky? And I take that from my childhood all the way to now. I'm a CEO of a tech company, and I've lived all over the world. And, and my life has completely changed. But I, I give you that beginning of who I am to say that the culture that made me still kind of goes through my veins and follows me today. And we'll talk a little bit about you know what that means from a work ethic standpoint, from a loyalty and what it means to who I am. But if you fast forward a little bit personally for me, I'm a husband of one, father of three, granddad to two. Uh, that's a little bit about who I am. I spend most of my time chasing grandkids now, which is fantastic. <laughs> On the other side of this, uh, I manage a, a tech company. And so I've got 100 employees and a bunch of them are under the age of 30. So uh, I'm driving the Gen Z millennial thing. And we're really trying to change the, the, the way the world engages at retail. Oh, I appreciate that. So y'all have been around for, for 10 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I tell people we're a 12 year overnight success. No, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're theoretically speaking, coming out of the pandemic, which doesn't seem like it would be perfect for your product, for, for, for what you do coming yeah, out. Yes. But surviving for, there. No, we're sorry for a very basic standpoint that there's two facets to what we do. There's the, the agent or the user of our app. Uh, and that's where people can make a little bit extra cash. So while you're shopping, while you're engaging, you could take a photo inside of a store. You could answer some questions to do a survey and do some research, or you could buy products and try them and tell us about your experience or do a rating some review. And so if you look at the, the breadth of that from a user standpoint during COVID, uh, we we're one of the few companies that still had people going inside of retail because people still needed to shop and you really couldn't justify sending in a third party because of COVID. So if you wanted eyes inside of a store, we're really the only game in town. Now, that being said, because of COVID and supply chain issues, our mystery shopping research business wasn't, it was impacted more significantly because retailers and brands are saying, I really don't care what people think right now. I'm just trying to get things on the shelf. Mm -hmm. So then our quantitative was the product on the shelf. What did the store environment look like? That business shot up. The mystery shopping came down. And when you get into the sampling side of things, you could no longer go to Costco and get a demo. All that shut down. Well, our business shot up because we would have people either order something online and try it inside of their home to engage and get sampling going. So we ebbed and flow pretty well. Uh, I think we netted out a little bit neutral to up uh, as opposed to downs. So when I talk to my peers, they're like, wow, you, you actually weathered it pretty well. Nice. 
how did you get into this business? Yeah, so I uh, came from PNG back in the day. So that's my corporate world, you know, the US and Asia. Uh, came to the US to do a shopper marketing, shopper research work within the Walmart vendor community. If you fast forward about 10 years, um, you know, George, we're literally sitting around with our uh, really cool iPhones, and this is pre selfie. Okay, no front facing <laughs> camera, all right? No video unless you did a jailbreak on your phone. And it's hard for a lot of your listeners to say, what? I'm like, yeah. Business people had Blackberries. The cool kids had slider phones or flip phones. Mm. And maybe you had enough money to have a Blackberry and an iPhone sitting beside of it. So in those pre-selfie days, uh, we just had the iPhone 3S that came out. It was a rage, man. Two megapixel camera of such a sweet phone. It was so good. <laughs> and so we were sitting around with the phone, kind of Googling on our phones because that was a cool way to do it. Whether or not someone was using the technology to capture data or insights inside of a store or inside of a home. At that point in time, our brick and mortar boutique research firm was traveling all over the US, visiting homes, visiting people at retail and trying to engage them to get insights. Hmm. We said, gosh, with this phone, you can take a photo or do a video eventually. You know, Maybe we could use that technology and no one was doing that. So if you're an entrepreneur listening, Think of it in terms of we are managing five LLCs and we started working nights and weekends again to go launch the very first app in iTunes that paid you cash. All other apps at that time were badges. You could get points. We launched it and made cash. And from a business standpoint, if you were using the data, because of the metadata, the geolocation, we had really smart photos. We had really smart data. So that was primarily a tool for our research business. And George, I'm telling you, we looked around and said, gosh, I think we could scale this thing. I think it's more than a tool. I think it could be a standalone company. So fast forward a year, we get rid of the marketing company, four other LLCs, rolled the research underneath and started driving field agent and haven't looked back since. Nice. Opportunity plus technology equals new company. So Well, it, it is. And I tell people, again, if you're the entrepreneur wanting to start something, the piece that gave us confidence is that we knew we were solving a problem. And what was really important that we were using technology to solve a problem. And that's when we knew we had something. It wasn't a fun hobby. It wasn't a fun gimmick. I mean, this really was going to revolutionize a, how people engage with research and technology, but B on the client side, they're saying, so I could just be sitting at my desk and not travel to a store. And you can tell me today, what's adjacent to cream cheese and a Whole Foods, and you can tell me this afternoon? I said, yes, I can. It, it just blew people's minds. Now, remember, that's pre-selfie. I mean, George, I was literally showing people how to use an iPhone. They said, well, how are you going to train people to use the camera? Okay. The next question was, well, gosh, Rick, that's interesting, but when they take a picture on their phone, how are they going to upload it to a computer to send it to you? Right. And these were fair questions. Now today you're just like, that's just the dumbest, but it was, it was a very fair question because we were literally mailing digital cameras to people hmm. and they would mail the digital cameras back. I mean, that was the world we were living in uh -huh. only 12 years ago. It's easy to forget that. It's, it's very it really easy is. to forget that. Oh, nice. All right. So, and as, as you are reading the tea leaves and looking into the future with, with 
the benefit of your experience and intellect and everything else. How are you? How are you thinking about retail? Yeah, so retail today, uh, what we're starting to find is that you've got agency and major brick and mortar service providers. And if we've learned anything over the last two or three years, and if you're, um, if you followed, uh, you know, the company Terminus, you know, Sanjay, the the guy that created that, he's got uh, a great book out called Move. But if you've learned anything, there's three primary issues that we're all trying to solve really in the, in any world, but especially in the tech world, it is. So, you know, problem market fit, then you get into product market fit and then platform. Now we are confident when I look at retail, people are trying to solve age old problems. And we realize we have products to fix that problem, solve it. We look at our products. We're really, really comfortable with the products we have, but on the platform side of things, which kind of flips it back to the, to the actual user of our data, um, they're no longer really wanting to have three meetings and five phone calls over three weeks to be able to purchase our product or purchase our service. So uh, we're actually launching a standalone marketplace. Uh, It'll be called Plum for like product-led marketplace. And people will be able to engage our products and services the same way you do Amazon. So instead of calling Rick to say, hey, Rick, I need to go get a hundred ratings and reviews, or I need to understand research. They're going to click, click, answer a few questions, go to cart, check out, and they're finished. I mean, think about that. When you're on Amazon today and you're buying a uh, package of batteries, you don't need three phone calls. No. You could go to Amazon today and spend $3,000 on a TV, and you didn't ask two salespeople to call you to tell you. You self-selected, you self-educated, zero friction. You can buy a Tesla today. How many salespeople are you going to talk to? Maybe you, none. Probably have, you probably have friends that have purchased a home because of the market we're in today, sight unseen. They saw the video, they clicked, did everything on DocuSign, didn't even engage a bank, and they travel halfway around the world and go into the house and someone hands them the keys. Well, if that's true, when I look at the state of retail today, then why do we have brands and manufacturers have three meetings, two phone calls, and a statement of work? over a course of three to four weeks to go execute a $500 project. Makes no sense at all. So we're revolutionizing again. We're kind of back in the old field agent days. We're revolutionizing the platform fit. Again, got the problem fit. We got the product fit. But the way people engage the platform is what we're focused on now. And I think you're going to see that explode at retail where people need things on demand as quick as they can and frictionless. And the agencies of the world that don't understand that are going to struggle. And is your ability to gain insight immediately on demand as people want it, do you view that as the benefit? And because when I go buy something on Amazon, my, my wife always said, well, did you read the reviews? Right. And, and, and is that really, is, is that kind of a big key to what you're doing? Well, I think it's, it's part of it. So think about the review aspect of things. Um, we know that if you had one review and there was another product on Amazon that had a thousand reviews or 500 and it's the exact same thing, pricing equal, which, which vendor are you going to buy from? You're going to buy from the one that has solid reviews, right? So it's no longer, uh, eh, if I had some reviews, it's okay. So that alone tells me that you need to be in the game. They need to be fresh. You need to have a minimum of call it 50 to hundred or so. And obviously, you'd like them to be as good as you can. So that's the review part of it. I think on the platform that we're building, 
now you're coming in saying, so I can buy ratings and reviews from 20 people, but how do I know that someone's good? I can buy research in a store. Who's really there to say that this is quality research? So what happens in our world, George, is that our brand means something. We know that our clients are saying, yeah, great quality, you know, amazing data. So as we, we build this marketplace, they're like, well, gosh, if field agent has vetted this supplier and this third party coming in, and in our marketplace today, there'll be field agent products, but just like Amazon, we'll have other third parties selling in our marketplace. We've vetted them and we've engaged them. Well, why wouldn't you trust us as provide, is suggesting this third party? So we'll go down that ratings review route, even within the marketplace to say, yeah, we vetted and these are really strong uh, providers. Nice. Makes all the sense in the world. We hope so. All right. So now tell me about uh, being a hillbilly from Kentucky and now working with 100 millennials or Gen Zs or whatever they are. You know, you've got to bring home um, what really is in your gut and in your DNA. And so I'll start out with saying that if I've taught my team anything, uh, number one is my tweetable quote would be success or really being significant most often follows the path of depth, depth, and breadth of relationships. In this really quick texting world, pushing around, I don't think that the Gen Z millennial world really values relationships the way they should. And this is even more so, George, in this um, post-COVID, I'm not going to come in the office and I'm going to work remote. That's fine. You can get work done. You can be a cog, but you are naive to think that the depth of relationships that your peers are having from either coming into the office, having coffee, engaging someone, I'm telling you whether it's three, five, 10 years down the road, those people will be running the companies of tomorrow. Those people are going to get deals you're not going to get, get access to because of the depth and the breadth of their relationships. And I think it's really important to people listening today is that it might be different, but it doesn't go away. And that gets back to that hillbilly culture. I mean, I could call on friends and engage people from 40 years ago, and they would literally, as we would say, give me the shirt off their back. I mean, it's, it's so important. And so I've tried to bring that into our world today to keep reminding people that relationships matter. And you, only you, can say yes to a relationship and can engage others. How are you trying to do that? Yeah, I think within uh, our world today, it is... Um, we're a hybrid workforce coming in. So three days in, you know, two days, wherever it may be. And so what we're engaging with our teams is to say, Hey, when you're engaged, be all in and don't engage just for the work. Again, I'm not saying that we need to hang out and, you know, have parties at work. That's not the point. But the point being is that when you're engaging someone else and you're walking down the hall and you see person B over there, well, Make the effort to engage and see what they're working on, what it looks like, get kind of broaden what you're doing. And those two remote days, you can go sit in the same coffee shop or go sit in your apartment. Or what if you just engage in a different place? Go to a workspace and call up a couple of friends and go work together somewhere. So, so there's practical things we can do because my encouragement to them is three to five years from now, the people that you were working with on those two off days working remote. You might find that friend A or B says, hey, I've got this great idea. Why don't you come work on it with me? And the only reason they did that isn't because you were smart, that they, they liked you. They did it because they had a relationship with you. 
And so it's just little things like that to have people do things differently, but not to lose sight of relationships. I love it. I'm fond of saying and practicing that one of the greatest gifts that I can give somebody else or they can give to me is their 100% undivided attention. And yeah, these days, yeah, that's so great. it's hard to do that. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And I think that another thing along the, the same lines is um, as you're engaging today and against working with the, the millennial aspect of things, um, I could give you a couple of movie quotes, but there, there's there's one from a, a Jerry Maguire. Are you a Jerry Maguire fan? Sure. And you remember that the dad of Cush, you know, Cush's dad said, man, my word is good as like an oak tree. Man, I don't mm-hmm. need a signature. And so another thing that I bring from my culture back in uh, is that you need to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't live in the world of maybe. So I was, you know, discipling this guy and I was going to be meeting with him in the morning and said, okay, we're going to get scheduled with some time. And he said, all right, when do you want to meet? I said, well, we can meet before work. We can do some lunch. He said, let's meet before work. I said, great. I said, what time do you want to meet? He said, let's meet at 730. I said, okay, we're going to be at 730 at base camp coffee. It's going to be fantastic. He said, great. I'm going to put you down as a definite maybe. I went, what's a definite? He said, well, you know. If something else comes up, then, you know, I'd, I'd move this, but, you know, you're definite maybe. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> That's like the old, old school guy saying, I'm going to pencil you in so I can erase it. I'm like, no, either yes or no. He said, well, I'm saying yes, but it's a definite maybe. So that mindset has to be changed in the young people of today coming in because they're always waiting for the next big thing. And it's always maybe, maybe, maybe. And so I just keep beating this drum saying, let your yes be yes, your no be no. The no sometimes is the best thing you can give to someone because now they're not waiting and wasting their time thinking, well, maybe George is going to show up. Maybe Rick is going to show up or maybe he's going to do this. Say no or say yes, not now. I'll do that for you, but it's going to be in a month or in six months. And so that yes, no mentality comes from where I grew up, which is, hey, you said you were going to do it. Your word is only so good, you better do it. And I think that's another kind of mountain thing that's really been driving me. I love it. But yes be yes and no be no. No definite maybes. That base cap coffee sounds like a good spot, Rick. It's a great spot. It was there this morning. <laughs> it was great. I love it. Well, Rick, that's a really good one. But the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I think the difference part is, is that regardless of whether you are talking about your personal life or you're looking at the business life, I think that setting a vision or a goal or, or seeing where you're going and creating rails is one of the healthiest thing you can do. Uh, rails allows you to have margin and rails allows you to stay focused. And as an entrepreneur, especially, or even if it's a busy person is that the worst thing you can do is chase shiny objects outside of those rails. Okay. It's just distracting. I, I, I just, I'm just ebbing and flowing. So if I have these rails, I'm saying, listen, you can make them fairly broad and be completely creative within those rails. But if you start chasing things outside of that, you say, hey, I'm focused on A, but man, D and G and W looks fantastic. You're never going to be productive. Your, your comment, George, is that I want your undivided attention. Well, you can't because I'm on my phone and I'm chasing these things. You're like, whoa, 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 come back in here. I think in your personal life, whether it's with your family, your kids, whether it's with your spouse, good friends, business, staying focused and driving is a really, really healthy way to live, live your life. 
And I'm not saying all shiny objects are bad, but the fact they use objects, plural, it's not a healthy thing. You may get the one or two that comes in that says, gosh, I could have missed it. But in most cases, lack of focus is really, really detrimental to business and relationships in Rick's opinion. Well, I think that that is great stuff. It definitely gets, come on. Rick, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with Field Agent? Yes, I'm a LinkedIn guy, you know, so you can just DM me there. If you're a friend of George's, you're a friend of this podcast, you'd be surprised. I may actually take that phone call, you know, or engage (laughs) a little bit. So just go on LinkedIn, DM me, let's connect, make that happen. From a business standpoint, if you're trying to make a little bit of extra cash, download our app. We'll make you make a few bucks this weekend or, or try some really cool products. Field Agent, it's the orange with a white tie. You can't miss us. If you're a business wanting to engage our marketplace, uh, you can go to plum.tech. That's, you know, www.plum.tech. Or you can learn more about our products at fieldagent.net. So those three simple places, LinkedIn, plum.tech, and fieldagent.net, you can find us. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Rick your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find Rick on LinkedIn and ping him about... Whatever you're into, go to, uh, if you're interested in, in earning some extra money, download the Field Agent app and make that happen. And if you are a business owner interested in engaging, go to um, plum.tech. Is, is that P-L-U-M.tech, right? P-L-U-M.tech, yes. Excellent. And then you can also go to fieldagent.net to learn about everything else that they're working on. You got it. Thanks again, Rick. I appreciate it. Look forward to the next time. Likewise. And until next time. Keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.